0: Big Conversations, Little Bar, with your hosts Randy Florence and Patrick Evans, featuring candid conversations with the Coachella Valley's most interesting and influential people. Pull up a bar stool and enjoy Big Conversations, Little Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Big Conversations, Little Bar. My name is Patrick Evans, and I am joined by my co-host and humanitarian extraordinaire, Randy Florence.
1: It is so good to be here with you, Patrick, again at the center of the Coachella Valley universe at Little Bar in Palm Desert. Skip Page, once again, let, thank you for letting us have the corner booth here.
0: You know, it, it's really pretty remarkable. We, we sat at the bar having cheeseburgers, which, by the way, it's the best $9 cheeseburger you're going to get anywhere, and we were talking about doing a podcast, and Skip overheard us, and he said, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I said, well, we should do it right here, and you, Randy, you were like... I thought it was
1: more like Skip said, you're going to do it over there.
0: (laughs) Well, we were concerned. We thought maybe Skip would be resistant, but he was militant about it. He said, absolutely, we're going to do it right here.
1: At first, we thought he was just trying to get us away from the bar over to the corner booth, but it turned out he had bigger plans for us. No, he's
0: an amazing host, and he and his entire staff here are always really kind to us and very welcoming, and we're very lucky to be able to do it. We wanted this atmosphere for the podcast. And we started out thinking about it was going to be a music-based podcast. It's morphed into more than that, but today... We're getting is, back to is the a, original it is premise. a music-based podcast. Randy, introduce our guest.
1: I am so excited to introduce this guest because I discovered the other day I first saw him in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Kahn is our guest today, and he may be better known to a lot of you out there as the most famous musician that you have never heard of. Andy, thank you for being here today.
2: This is wonderful. This is really fantastic. very excited. So
1: I have to touch on that really quickly. Yes. Uh, In 1975, you were playing with a couple of gentlemen at that time known as Flo and Eddie, previously had been known as... The Turtles. The Turtles. And this was at a concert in Fresno, California. Wow. Which I constantly have to remind Patrick I lived in at some point.
0: It is the city in California that answers its own question. Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If there are people no, from Fresno... I'm, I'm just kidding. It's the not-
1: only thing we had to make fun of was <laughs> Bakersfield.
2: So, Andy, thank you for being here. Oh, you this know. is wonderful. <clears throat> I mean... Uh, Patrick has been extremely generous with me and putting up with my bugging. But, uh, you know, i tell you, no, no. I was on your show five times already and with I the other it. girls and with you. I, lo- I love your show. Well, and we and love a couple it. of those
1: ended up on air, didn't yeah, they? Yeah,
0: we put a few of them on air. <laughs> Andy always has some, you know, Andy, Andy has an enormous history and people should buy his book. I'm just going to plug his book right up front. <laughs> and, and you just did. The most famous musician you've never heard of, Andy Kahn. Uh, but the stories in the book are amazing. It's not just the people that you played with or the working gigs. It was kind of the relationships you had and the weird experiences oh. you had. I mean, like things just sort of happened to you along the way. Yeah. And, and that's why the book is fascinating. So. You can buy the book at Amazon.com or wherever you find books. The right. most
1: amazing musician you've never heard of. So before the most we get famous get musician, the, what did I say? Greater <laughs> Palm <school>. amazing <laughs> famous. The most all famous the musician you've never heard of.
0: We're going to have to start writing things down for you. You friend. sure? <laughs> I got to start taking notes. That's right. <laughs> but let's go
1: back. So this book is like a giant scrapbook. It is of your life, but it starts at some place that I thought was really interesting. You were considering yourself, maybe you didn't know who he was at that time, but you were kind of a young Steven Spielberg as
2: a youth. Tell us what you were doing then. Well, uh, I loved classical music. And I uh, uh, had an 8mm Brownie camera. And it, uh, it did uh, single frame shooting. So I made a, a movie with my friends in the neighborhood at 13 years old. I made a movie called um, The Mad Magician. And the room spins around by me taking single frames and turning the the camera. So it it spun the room. And I was 13 years old making these movies. And I I loved uh, uh, De Meistersinger and Flying Dutchman Overture and The Rite of Spring and all these wonderful classical pieces that I uh, made sound movies. I had a Kodak Sound 8 projector, 1963, and uh, I would put this classical music in behind Frankenstein, Frankenstein meets the Wolf Man, Revenge from Planet Four, and and the Smugglers. So these are all 8 millimeter sound movies I made, and I I, I was. I was so a little Steven Spielberg.
0: Did you want to go into? Did you want to be a movie director?
2: Absolutely, I loved it. I was amazed at it.
0: So how did you suddenly change your your, your kind of track and and go into this incredible music career that you've enjoyed?
2: Um, my sister said there's a group coming on the Ed Sullivan Show, February 9th, nineteen sixty four, mm. or February eighth. And so, like everybody else, I watched The Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And right from that point, right there, I wanted to be a Beatle. I wanted to be... I I, I said to myself, the girls aren't going to go screaming at me if I'm making monster movies. But if I'm a Beatle, then the girls will scream at me. And and were you playing any instruments at that point? Yeah, I, uh, I played keyboards and drums. Okay. How many instruments do you play? I I play uh, guitar, bass, keyboard, and drums.
0: And what's your favorite
2: keyboard? I I love keyboard, but I really love the drums. Really? I really do. I love the drums.
0: Now, when you... But you do more work on the keyboards. Throughout your career, you've always done more work. Sure, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, it's just uh, something that... uh, You know, from the Beatles, I started my own band, and uh, I went to get a... A perm straight, because I had curly hair, so I perm my hair to make it look like, like a beetle. beetle haircut, and it worked for about an hour, and then after that, it just blew up into this big frizz ball. Oh, that's I right. love. That. If there was any humidity, I know, I know, it's crazy. So, that that was my start. To but the you Beatles. decided
0: early on that musicians get all the chicks. That yes. Was that was your motivation. That
2: was my motivation. i like an
0: honest man. That's, 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 that's but good you motivation. can ask
2: a lot of guys about that. <laughs> yes. I think they'll say the same thing. That's 100%. why I had to get out of music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Too many girls. No, none followed me. When you were
2: uh, the stick shifts? Captain
1: Slick and his stick shifts. And oh, you were that Captain is Slick. so cool. Isn't that a great name? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I was Captain Slick. <laughs> How successful oh, was uh, I? Oh, I st- was in banking for thirty nine years. After that,
0: so. <laughs> you still are captain slip. Just ask Scott White from the Greater Palm Springs. That's true. Organization was
1: the Jaguars your first band? Uh, yes. And what was your first performance?
2: Oh, it was uh, it was a, uh, a graduation party, you know. And what did you play? Uh, I played the Farfisa Combo Compact. It's this cheesy organ that. Everybody used, you know. Come on down to my bow baby, and ninety-six tears, <laughs> and and all these uh, the uh, Paul Revere. A lot of people use this cheesy organ sound. Even uh, Elton John used it on uh, Crocodile Rock. Da da da
0: da 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it I've, was. It was sort of like you had that sound, but you had like in jazz and and kind of standards you hear the Hammond organ, which was was very big.
2: I was extremely impressed by Felix Cavallari with the Hammond B3. Yeah, the Hammond B3. And that was like huge.
0: Which, by huge. the way, is featured prominently in Summer Wind on the Strangers of the Night album by Frank Sinatra.
2: Oh, that's cool,
0: yeah. very cool. Oh yeah, the, no, the Hammond B3 is a big part of that.
1: I'll have to listen to it someday.
2: Yeah.
0: So you I heard of Frank Sinatra. He was kind of big. He was a big deal.
2: Is that his first name, Frank? I understand Francis that. to you, sir. And you sing Frank Sinatra, don't you? But
0: poorly, poorly, uh, poorly. But I do. I like to. That's um, good. Yes. So you had this. You had this cheesy little organ thing, but but, but it was portable. Like it was easy to. It to was get heavy,
2: it. but it was portable. Yeah. And I played left hand bass. The notes were actually a different color. They were black against white instead of white against black. So. I went to, uh, 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 in New York City, Manny's Music Store, very popular, famous, and I had uh, the guy hook up a Hammond Leslie speaker to my Farfisa organ. So I had a bass amp, and he wired my left-hand bass going through the bass amp, and then the right hand went through the Leslie speaker, and this is 1965, and that was very advanced for those yeah. days. Are you left-handed? Was there a reason you did that? Uh, well, no, I, I play bass. It was just a trio. Got it. Guitar, bass, uh, guitar keys, and drums. And the lead singer was just up front with his tambourine. Captain you know. Slick. Captain Slick. Captain Slick was the tambourine. <laughs> so,
0: um, so you, you were a big classical music guy as a kid. Yes. So, how did And you saw the Beatles and it changed your life, but, I mean, the bulk of your work... Has all been in, in kind of classic rock and roll? It's, how did you make that jump? Well, like,
1: classical, you're not getting a lot of women there. Yeah, were you? What classical was, music that you switched to rock and roll for the ladies? Yeah, right? for, uh,
2: for the yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh,
1: just wanted to be clear what his motivation yeah. was.
0: We, I, yeah. think we're I think we've established, but I think, think so. Yo yo ma, the chicks digging. <laughs> Do I'm they? telling you right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so let I want to yes. find out, because <laughs> I
1: want to get into this. Okay. The names in this book oh, are phenomenal. Oh, Yeah.
0: You Who, drop a lot of names in the book.
1: Yeah. Who was the first one that we've heard of that you started with? Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Talk about that, please.
0: Uh,
2: I, uh, my lead singer stole my movie camera that I made all these movies with, and he went to a hawk shop and he sold my movie camera. No way! The lead singer in my band. So I got really angry, and I Rightfully called up. So. I called up his girlfriend I said, "Would you like to go to California with me?" And she said, "Sure."
0: So he stole your camera, and you stole his, his girlfriend. girlfriend
2: in revenge. Yes, was it an even swap? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty even Okay, I just want but to make sure <laughs>
0: The movie camera
2: made the room the look upside down cameras <laughs> so long I, oh. I don't think that's right Yeah, so to make a long story short I, I, I moved out to California with this girl So you were in New York Yeah, and then we drove out to California
0: and, and but, Did you go right to Los Angeles? You just decided, got to get right in the heart of it?
2: Well, we, we got detoured in Oklahoma uh, her her job was to reach in the glove compartment and pull out money and pay at a gas station. Yeah. She forgot in Oklahoma. So, two Oklahoma highway patrols pulled us over.
0: You stole gas
2: in Oklahoma. Yes, we stole said. gas. Okay. And what so happened? We were arrested and put in jail, and my hair was long, so they gave me a child's pair of rounded scissors. No. And the back of a frying pan, and I... In jail, I had to cut all my hair off, and that was the only way I could speak to the judge. So once I cut all my hair off, then they handed me the phone, and the judge says, how much money you got on you, boy? And I said, 75 bucks. He says, pay the man. Click. Wow. So they released me and my, and, uh, my lead singer's girlfriend. and no,
0: Now she's your girlfriend.
2: Yeah. And then. Uh, until she forgot to pay the gas. Then I had to walk a couple of miles to Western Union to ask my mom to mail me money so I can get to California and get my bus out of impound. So that was my trip to LA from New York. So did you
0: guys remain together when you got to California?
2: Yes. Until the neighbor was. Uh, until I caught a neighbor in bed with, my, with her.
0: And that's where so, you draw
2: the line. That's where I kicked her out.
0: <laughs> like a good neighbor? Oh, well. No, that's well. not a good neighbor. But, 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 that's a bad neighbor. That's a bad neighbor. So, so, yeah, but, but, let me but, finish but, the story. But, yeah, please. I mean, that you had to see that coming because you just offered her a trip to California. And she, <laughs> she jumped in with you. So, at some point, she was going to jump in with somebody else. She needed
2: and, a ride back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to expect that. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what happened okay, there yeah. after?
2: So, anyway, my mom was really good friends. With Erwin Garr, who was at ABC Dunhill with the Mamas and Papas. And so he started his own label called Pulsar Records with Dr. John the Night Tripper and Graham Bond, who was had the Graham Bond organization with Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce before the Cream. Cream. Wow. So he was a blues guy and he came to the United States and uh, I, my job as a gopher for this record company was, you know, picking up musicians and taking them to the session. Taking so that was the
0: job you got when you got to California. Yep, it was the 35 gopher. bucks a week. To be a gopher. Be a gopher. Not playing any instruments.
2: Well, I, I was trying to play instruments. W- of course. I had the harpsichord at this time. And the harpsichord <laughs> was going through the Leslie speaker. It was very psychedelic. So uh, Graham Bond calls me up, and he says, Come on, we, we'll get a jam session. Bring your harpsichord. So I pick him up. We go to TTG Studios in Hollywood, and Mitch Mitchell is setting up the drums. And Jack Cassidy from uh, Jefferson Airplane is on the bass. And Lowell George was playing the flute. And did you know all these people? Yeah, were I doing? recognized wow. them all. I mean, I was 20 years old yeah. in this studio with these, and Graham Baum was on the organ, and then I felt something behind me, and Jimi Hendrix walks in with two blonde chicks, one carrying his amp, and one carrying his guitar, and he sets was up. Was one of
0: them your girlfriend?
2: No. Okay. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but So he so sat down right next to me, and he tuned up, and we did the blues in A for like two hours. And uh, he dug the harpsichord going through the Leslie. It was really a good session. When was that? 1968, September. So this is before Woodstock. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Wait, when was Woodstock?
0: It's a great question. 68? we got to Google it.
1: I just wondered if Jimmy had done his Star-Spangled Banner
2: at Woodstock. Uh, yeah, yet. he probably did. Because mm. what year did he die? I forgot that, too. 70 or 71. One of The, the same uh, year as... Jim Morrison uh, and Janis Joplin.
0: So this was 69.
2: prior to prior to Woodstock. It
0: was August of nineteen sixty nine. Was Woodstock? So wow. this is this is before that. And,
1: and wow. did, did you realize his brilliance at that point? I, I was in shock.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're, you're you're a gopher for this record company. How, what's the next step? Where did so, you go from there?
2: So after that Jimi Hendrix recording session. Uh, uh, Graham Bond called me up and said, Buddy Miles is doing a concert at Del Mar Racetrack. And he usually has two drummers. And he says, Do you know of a drummer? Because his other drummers sick, can't make it. So here I am, 20 years old. I don't own a drum set, but there's one on the stage. So I, I played a gig with Buddy Miles. A couple of weeks after, told
0: Buddy, "I'm a drummer. I can do this."
2: Yeah, and I just because Buddy doesn't know anything about music, so you could fool him. So I just followed whatever he did. You know, down, 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 whatever it was, and so that was my second exciting moment moving to L.A. Jimi Hendrix, then Buddy Miles. And, uh, it was
1: all downhill from there. Oh, huh? it was unbelievable.
2: <laughs> and then I went on the road with Dr. John the Night Tripper. And uh, we went to Steve Paul's The Scene in New York. We had two VW buses. So you
0: went them. back home?
2: Yeah, I went back home. I took uh, Dr. John over to my mom's house, and she cooked us dinner and stuff. Nice. What did you make? Uh, probably pasta. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't uh, take the girlfriend back at that point. No, well, she was. Go-
1: that was. She wave. was with the neighbor. Yeah. At that, that was point. right. Yeah. She <laughs> was. hooked up with the neighbor. She at had that moved point. upstairs.
0: <laughs> Waved
1: to her out in the backyard.
0: Hey, look, it was the '60s, and there was a lot of that going on. It was just like.
2: So you're, so you're 20 years old. I'm 20 years old, playing this gig with Dr. John in New York City. Called- and you had just gotten done playing with Jimi Hendrix. Right, two weeks prior. Holy moly. Did you, did you have an appreciation for I, what was I happening? Was in, I was in a, a fantasy. Okay. It was uh, too amazing for me to... So we're here at this uh, club in New York City, and backstage is Ginger Baker and uh, uh, Eric Clapton... And uh, John Bonham and Booker T. Wow. So during the show, John Bonham comes up and sits at the drums, and I'm on stage with John Bonham. Then Booker T. comes up and plays the organ, and then uh, Graham Bond got on on the guitar. So here I am jamming with these incredible people at 20 years old. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff that. Uh, Were you feeling like you could keep up with them at that point? Yeah, oh, it good. was great. It good. was wonderful. How was
1: your. You, you, you took somebody back to dinner with your mom. How'd mom feel
2: about this? She path supported irritating? me a million percent. Did she? That's awesome. She loved it. In fact, uh, when I had my band, she sewed our uniforms. She, she was a seamstress, seamstress, and she made our Nehru blue jackets. Nice. With the Turtleneck and the beetle boots and the black, and uh, and uh, actually she was such a good uh, seamstress. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. That's anyway. Uh, Don't uh, ask
0: Randy; he can't <laughs> say Greater Palm <bombs-free. laughs> <laughs> you. Don't make
2: it more than one word. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you know my mom was so good at this that she, uh, I a girlfriend came over and she had one of those ripped on purpose jackets. They were purposely had rips in it.
0: Like so, the jeans today, the kids so, all
2: So we about. go out to the movies, and she leaves the jacket <laughs> on the couch. So what does my mom do? <laughs> she, she sewed up. up all the rips of the jacket. Thinking she and was helping. Thinking she's helping. <laughs> I love that. And then the, we come back from the movies, and then she, the girl breaks down and cries, what have you done to my jacket?
0: Mm. And
2: So my mom had to undo all the stitching oh. and give her a jacket back the way it was. So this is crazy, you know.
0: All right, so following that. (laughs) Now, what was like your most steady gig throughout your career? If you look back and say, okay, this was the thing I did the most, and it was
2: 40 years with the Turtles.
0: 40 years? 40. 40.
2: 1973 till 2013. Wow. Yeah.
0: I've known you for a long time I didn't know it was a 40 year gig Yeah
2: I was with I joined them in 73
0: That's really cool
2: And at the same time I joined them Little Richard hired me So I would go out On the road with the Turtles Come back Go out on the road With Little Richard Come back Go out on the Turtles We went to Australia uh, Little Richard We went to Australia And New Zealand And did the tour Then the Turtles Did Australia two times so that was really amazing. That's so I incredible. saw this
1: in the book where you, you, at various times, you were playing with more than one person at the time. Was that was that more common back then? That it was just luck, I guess. It's just the way that everybody wanted you y- to play with them. Yeah, yeah.
2: It was great. It was really
1: great. What was the, as you were coming up through the rock and roll scene, um, you probably had a vision of what you hoped it would be. Uh, as you got bigger and more popular. But was there anything about the business that kind of shocked you um, on a daily basis about what you had to do just to
2: be successful? At that time, I don't even remember how I got jobs. I mean, I don't know how I survived without a cell phone or a laptop. This is like...
0: It seems to me like... You were just playing one place. Somebody saw you and said... I mean, it seemed like it was one jam session to another.
2: It was word of mouth. Yeah. Did you have management? Nope, I, was, I did everything, everything myself.
0: Wow. Well, now, you, you did tell me. Oh, yeah. At one point, you were signed with William Shatner's manager.
2: <laughs> yeah, we cut a demo, and it was really, really good. And uh, somebody had recommended him, and I, and I spoke to him, and I signed a deal with him. But then he never followed up. He never did
0: anything. So he didn't do anything for
2: you. No. Well, I'm glad we brought that up. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that was great. That's a great
2: story. Any more good stories
1: like that? (laughs) (laughs) Any other people that you wanted to work with that you couldn't? Oh. (laughs) Well,
0: you know. No, no. Talk about the Ringo Starr story.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Well, this is great because it's a premonition. I'm sitting in my 1968 home with my harpsichord just playing. And then all of a sudden I got a premonition that a beetle was in my house. Not only was he in my house, but he was sitting next to me with his shoes off. Right? This, this is, is a premonition. Nineteen sixty-eight in my playing the harpsichord. Then in nineteen ninety two I became really good friends with Harry Nielsen and he got Ringo Starr to come over my house. And it was 100 degrees out, and so we'd had to turn off the air conditioner so it wouldn't get picked up on the mic. Mm. He was doing children's stories. So Ringo sits in a chair right next to me, and then he takes his shoes off. So the premonition <laughs> back in 1968 <laughs> came, came true. true. Well, it was a beetle was in the house. 34 years later. Yeah and there he was a beetle was in my house with his, shoes, with his off. shoes off and that was the premonition I had
0: so did you did you continue mm-hmm. a relationship with Ringo or was yeah. it just kind of a one off
2: no it, it, uh, yeah, once w- he took his shoes off it was like yeah, I, don't I'm take done your, sh- <laughs> oh, take your shoes on man <laughs> show some respect well Harry took me over to Ringo's house twice so I was there twice and Barbara Bach Barbara and, Bach and, and Ringo's wife and she called him rich she didn't call him Ringo she called him rich Hey, Rich.
0: Was that based on his bank account?
2: Or? <laughs> is, I, I bet you it's a Ringo sense of humor. You know, He's the one who thought of Hard Day's Night and Eight Days a Week. That was his, that was his. Think, his thinking. Wow. Barbara his Bach was what,
0: in 10,000 BC. Was that the movie? Oh, that was
2: uh, Raquel Welch. Raquel but Welch. She oh. was in gray, uh, James Bond. Hmm. Uh, I forgot which one. She was one. in a James Bond movie. I forgot which one. Yeah. Well, when we have Barbara on, we'll we'll find
1: out
0: what. I look so forward to having, having her on.
1: So Harry Nielsen... yes, yes, you had a very special relationship with
2: Harry to the point where he wrote a song about you. Yes, he did write a song about me called Rescue Boy, because when I met Harry, it was a radio show with Flo and Eddie. Uh, it was K Rock. Yes. Uh, K-Rock after Howard Stern mm-hmm. in yep. New York. Yep. So uh, Flo and Eddie, uh, had a, they had a Universal City, uh, Alice Cooper, Clarence Clemens, Oktoberfest. And they had 40 radio stations in tents set up at the amphitheater. So the, all the satellite trucks and 40 tents. So all these amazing celebrity musicians are piling in to interview at each tent mm. and my job was to drive a limo and pick up the celebrity take him to the tent i had my keyboard and we do happy together and then we do the artist's hit so i picked up harry nielsen and that was like incredible i was in you're shock you're a big fan at that point yeah because yeah. i'm a Beatle fan and harry's a beetle
0: yeah he's the fifth beetle
2: yeah Besides George Martin and uh, also Billy Preston. Beatle. And Billy Preston and uh, all Billy that. Billy Preston was the fifth Beatle.
0: Yeah, but was he the original drummer? Billy
1: Preston was the keyboard player. George Best was the original drummer. Billy Preston was a keyboard player. Right.
0: What Beatle were you, Randy?
1: Captain Slick. Captain Slick and Paul McCartney.
0: Captain Slick and the Beatle. Captain Slick and Wings.
1: Let's get back to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: What was I just talking about? You're
0: talking about doing the, in the tent.
2: Oh, you- in the tent. So uh, here I am with Harry Nielsen and Flo and Eddie, and we do a song by the uh, Dillards. You know, and it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to take Harry home, and he invites me over to his um, company called Hawkeye, which was a script uh, development company for motion picture and television, and he was running that company and he sold his guitar and he sold his piano and he stopped playing music he got out of me I had no idea and so I said to him what? you sold your guitar why are you doing that? come, come on over to my house and we'll do a, a song a day and have some fun and write the music and, and he says okay so we became really close friends and for the last four years of his life we record 35 songs in my living room wow and, uh, and then finally, of course, he, he invited Ringo over because I was a big Beatle fan and he wanted to make me happy. So he did. What was the inspiration
1: for the song that he wrote about you?
2: Oh, uh, okay. So um, the, the lyrics are about a guy helping him out to get him back into music. Mm. And that's exactly what happened because he, like, he stopped doing music and I brought him back into it again.
0: So the, what, what year was that?
2: 1990.
0: Okay, so you're in the middle of your work with the Turtles. So you're still playing regularly and and doing tours and so forth.
2: With the Turtles while I'm recording with Harry, yeah. Yeah.
0: and and so you really kind of led him back.
2: Yeah, I brought him back into it again. And uh, uh, that was actually the very last song we recorded before he passed away. And Mark Hudson from the Hudson Brothers He was there at this recording session Wow So he's not the one that married uh, Oh, that was his brother his That brother. Mar- married uh, somebody. Goldie
1: Goldie, that's it Right So anyways We're trying to clue you in on all the background In all these bands The Hudson Brothers They had a uh, great TV show for a little while Oh yeah,
2: yeah But uh, uh, so uh, Was it like the Smothers Brothers? Uh, them I remember It wasn't as funny Okay so I asked Harry, w- would you sing one of my songs? And he says, okay, I'll make you a deal. You do a song for me, and I'll sing one of your songs. So I did a song called uh, I Know Why, Glenn Miller. I know why the ba ba December. So I programmed this thing with the, the trumpets and the and the and all the instruments, you know, for the Glenn Miller stuff. And Harry sang it, and it's Came out great, and it, that was really cool. Then he sang the song I wrote called Karen, and uh, he lost his voice when he did the Pussy Cats album with John Lennon. Hmm. Uh, John was doing the Primal Scream, which was ah! and you scream at the top of your lungs. Uh, actually, uh, so he John did his, on uh, on his solo album. Well, 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 oh well. Mm. And then at the end of it, he's, like, wah, 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 and he's screaming and stuff. So Harry lost his high end. He couldn't sing high anymore because he did the primal scream. Oh, man. So when we did demos, it was all baritone and tenor. Nothing with soprano or high notes. It was all low note stuff. So we did Mother-in-Law, Mother-in-Law. He did all these tunes, and Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? And he was actually going to call up Carol King and have her come over and do harmonies. But that fell apart, too. There, there was a lot of good stuff that we were going to do. The, the,
1: it's got to just blow you away at times as you're putting this book together and writing down the names oh. of people you've spent time with. Oh. What are a couple of your favorite stories of some of the people you've played with?
2: Well, uh... The Grammys. And uh, uh, Little Richard, I was, I was on the road with Little Richard and we did a bunch of stuff. And uh, so we were invited to do the Grammys with Chuck Berry. Uh, and Little Richard and Chuck Berry uh, uh, were supposed to sing their hit records... Instead of Tutti Frutti uh, Rudy, it's Al, G- Al Green, he's clean. <laughs> so they changed the lyrics to all their for hit every, records. Whatever, Al Green. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the rehearsal in a back room with an upright piano was me and Little Richard and Chuck Berry. Just standing there, just the three of us. Chuck had his guitar. And, you know, he's, uh, I said, okay, what key is Johnny B. good?" He says, I don't know. Try this one. And it was a B flat. So strangely enough, it was in B-flat. But Chuck didn't know what keys the stuff was in. He just said, that's it. This is where it is. So that's how we did it. And uh, to rehearse with Little Richard and Chuck Berry, just the three of us, it was like a full circle. And
1: you're playing keyboard in front of Little Richard.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really wonderful about the stage setup, the grand piano was on a moving platform, and it moved right to the middle of the stage, camera one, right there. And so, you know, I was in the center of all these shots and everything. So that was very exciting. So You, you must have some true
1: rock and roll stories. Um uh,
0: Late night about the drugs.
1: Well, we didn't get into that yet, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) the the late night
1: parties that never ended. There, there was uh, uh,
2: a lot of uh, stuff stuff to do with girls. Like, uh, but uh, my editor said, "You don't want to put that in the book." Even though I wanted to, he says, "No, you don't want to put that in the book. Let's just do music." Cause I That'll had a, be a second book I had a lot of crazy stories The women of Andy with, Kahn With girls With girls, crazy give us, give us one story I'll give you one story We're in Colorado And we just played a gig with the Sop with Camel Hello, hello Yep, mm-hmm. yep And uh, Leon Russell And we're playing this gig And uh, this one girl comes back to my room And, uh, you know, she did anything I wanted And all that stuff and I says, would you like to meet the members of the band? She said, sure. So I called up everybody in their rooms and had everybody come to my room. And then I asked her to get up on the table and do a uh, dance. A dance, And she did that. But it was and an artistic dance. Oh, it had to be. And then after that, it was all x-rated. <laughs> she took turns with everybody. <laughs> That's While a we were all sitting there, that's a music story. What, that's a rock what, and roll story. What, what year was that? Uh, 70, a week and a half ago, three or four.
0: <laughs> it was twenty twenty two. Was three. <laughs> this <That was just laughs> <the> last <laughs> November.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. So that was so, one of them. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah.
0: That's a story. That's, that's a story.
2: story. So, what are you doing today? Today I'm trying as hard as I can to sell that book.
1: The I mean, mo- most famous musician you've never heard of right. available on amazon.com.
2: And it certainly all your, is.
0: All of your favorite uh, booksellers, Andy Kahn. Yes. so but you've been doing some work with a there's, there's this group called the Dream Boats. Canadian Boys.
2: Wonderful. Nice kids. They're the best band I've ever seen in my life. I call them the Beatles. Wait a minute. I'm madly minute, 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 minute. in love with wait, this wait, wait, band. Wait, wait. Well,
0: I, I'm going to call a timeout. Okay, a call Look a timeout. timeout. You can call. <laughs> you, you, Jimi Hendrix. You have jammed with Ringo Starr. Yeah. You have jammed with Jimi Hendrix. You played with the Turtles for 40 40 years, years. yeah. Little
2: Richard. Yeah. And this dream is the boats best are the band. The
0: best band you've ever
2: Absolutely. Wow. Hands down.
0: Now that's incredibly high praise. Have they heard you say this?
2: Uh, that's all I did. It was brag to them. <laughs> you know, you, you know I did the Grammy's museum with them. Yes.
0: Well, hold on. Oh yeah. Let's get into that story for a moment. Okay. You did a book signing and concert at the Grammy Museum in LA. Wow. Yes, I did. That's see. a big deal. It's huge. Huge.
2: How did that come together? Uh, back in 2013, Howard Kalin, the lead singer of The Turtles, wrote a book called Shell Shocked. And he asked me to help him do the book signing at the Grammy Museum in 2013. So the, my book comes out, and I'm going through my, all my emails, and I find Grammy Museum in my emails. And I emailed Linda, the girl who hired, I worked with, with Howard Kalin, and she said, Send me a book. And then they said, yeah, we'll put you on. We'll do it. And so that's how that came about. It was amazing.
0: And so you invited the Dreamboats to do that with
2: you. Yes. uh, I saw the Dreamboats about a year ago, uh, playing at the 420 or whatever. And they blew my mind. uh, Because uh, they all wear the same suits. Yeah. And they jump.
0: They're kind of a clean-cut group. They do. Very
2: clean-cut. And they jump around stage. And they do Perfect. So they weren't at this
1: party that you were talking about earlier.
0: No, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> Too clean cut. Oh, right, right, right. yeah, yeah. Now, these kids and they do 60s rock and roll,
2: 50s and 60s, 50s and 60s. You know, from uh, uh, Rock Around the Clock, Bobby Darin, uh, yeah, the Everlys, uh, uh, Beatles, yeah. uh, all the 60s stuff. And
0: they're originally from Canada, but they've moved down here and and they they've been working at uh, Agua Caliente and. Uh, they're a great group. They're, they're terrific kids. We've had Actually, them on I'm going
2: to go see Richie and Johnny tonight right up the block at the Lockspur. They're playing from, oh, the six, Lockspur, yeah. Yeah, they're playing from six to nine at the Lockspur. And I, I, I'm their biggest fan. I, I have a saying, the best of the best from the east to the west way ahead of the rest. That's what I call the dream boats. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, they're just like really professional, really good, and sweethearts. There's no BS, there's no crap. They're just really nice guys.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to tell a story out of school here. Sure. Every single individual in our newsroom, male and female, has a crush on the Dream Boats.
1: Really? i got to go see these guys.
0: Oh, no. I When, when the dream boats, have, dream boats have come on Eye on the Desert... Multiple people have come into the newsrooms. Like, let me know when they get here. <laughs> the guys, the girls. I'm like, look, I don't. I don't know whether they're single. I I, I don't know which way they go. I, I, <laughs> I I'm not sure I can introduce you, <laughs> but but they're I, gonna be here. They're gonna be here. And they're it, it, no, they've got a they've got a big following. and yeah. It's super cute. Yeah, you got to
1: tell me next time they're gonna be there. I'd love I to know because you have like a crush I'm on them now. Too, I do. Now
2: I, 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 do, do. I do. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, I don't know what you guys are doing, but six to nine, right up the blocks of the Locksboro, I'm going. It's <laughs> it, another so they're place doing to a drink. Duo. They're doing a duo.
0: Yeah, so they, it's a it's a group of four guys, right? Well,
2: uh, the nucleus is Johnny and Richie, the the guitar and drum, the rhythm guitar singer guy and the drummer are the nucleus, and they've been together like eighteen years or something. You know, they
0: don't seem old enough to do that, but when, when? they're in their thirties. Yeah, they they're. they're but they look... they got a young look about them. They, Very young look. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good musicians.
2: And uh, they all play drums. They all play guitar. They all play bass. And they all write. And they all sing. They're just full of... Yeah.
0: Before we wrap up, what brought you out to the Coachella Valley? You, you, you had this oh. amazing journey with the Turtles and, and all these other groups. And you're, you're living the highlight. I mean, you've got a girl dancing on a table. <laughs> And entertaining your friends, and then,
1: <laughs> and that was only one story. Oh yeah, there's many more. Fourteen. Oh <laughs> my god.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what so got a podcast you out here?
0: That I'm going to tell my wife she cannot listen to this is-
2: Yeah. So uh, in 2005, my mom passed away, and I was living in Encino, paying 3,500 dollars a month to live in Encino. Then my mom passed away, and I inherited. Her double wide mobile home, five hundred bucks a month. That's a better deal.
0: There's no every every piece of math works out on that one. That's why you come. So you moved out here.
2: And then all, uh, I started to advertise uh, for my demo doctor business. And, and you same. play
0: around. You play. That that came out wrong. Oh, let's get back <laughs> to the music. <laughs> you play various gigs yes. around town.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, clearly he played
0: around. I mean, we heard the story. So
1: That's was, was for a later later broadcast. <laughs> I, w-
2: I was the resident uh, piano player at Clint Eastwood's Hogs Breath Inn in, in La Quinta for nine years. I was the guy for nine years playing piano. So wow. I built up a big following. And then, uh, you know, I ended up at BB's at the River with Jack Shrebnik mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Billy Reeds. Yeah, of course. And... Uh, other you know other a lot i played practically every venue in town do any of your old friends come into town uh yeah i see this guy named scooby who is 83 years old and he's the guy who worked at the musicians union and got me with the turtles and with seals and croft and all that stuff. seals and Croft.
0: when did you play with seals and Croft?
2: <laughs> oh that was right after Jimi hendrix before the Turtles. Because their so music was, was so similar. Yeah, it was 1968. and uh,
0: But Seals and Crofts really got big in the 70s. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. But I met them in the late 60s. And uh, they, we had a, a, a top 40 band that we played on Century Boulevard near LAX. And we played all, you know, Rock the Boat Baby, all the top 40 then. And uh, Jimmy Seals played the saxophone. Yeah. And sang, and Dash played the uh, drums. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Dash played the drums.
0: And their big hit was Summer Breeze.
2: Yes, and Summer Breeze, yes. Not Summer Wind, Randy. It's a different song. So so, uh, it's a great (laughs) story. (laughs) So we're playing this Top 40 gig, and uh, Jimmy was writing all the original music. So at the break... Jimmy uh, and Dash would get up on stage with the mandolin and the acoustic and do the original Seals and Crofts stuff. So we're sitting at the table and they belong to the Baha'i religion. Yep. And the leader of the Baha'i religion's name was Bahá'u'lláh, right? So we're sitting at the table and, and Jimmy says to me, hey Andy, you know, we're trying to think of a name for the duo. You know, what do you think of Bahá'u'lláh? <laughs> and I said... Abbott and Costello, Lennon and McCartney, you know, uh, Tom and Jerry. Hall and Oats. Hall and Oats. How about Seals and Crofts? Seals and Crofts. And he said, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I was the guy who thought of the name Seals and Crofts. That's awesome.
0: All right. Uh, we, we have to wrap up. And once again, we have another guest that like, we could do. Eight, eight or epi-
1: nine. Eight episodes. Like I said, we're, we're to kid. page 14.
0: I know. Well, I mean, like we're going to do a whole Little bar after dark, and we're going to get all of the girls' stories. That's going to be a Andy whole, will
1: be our only guest. That is going to be
0: a subscription. <laughs> You're going to have to pay for that. Big uh,
1: conversations only fans.
0: That's right. Uh, but uh, honestly, I think we've we've finally found the way to monetize this thing. Right there, it's Andy's stories about the girls. Okay, <laughs> Andy, uh, What's your favorite music to play? You 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 started out as a classical guy. And that was your love, but then you discovered rock and roll was the way to get the girls. What what do you, what do you like if you just had the opportunity someone said I've got a venue, play whatever you want.
2: Beatles, British Invasion. I also love a song by Floyd Kramer called Last Date. Floyd Kramer. It's a really nice instrumental. I'm sure you would recognize
0: it. I, I'm sure I would. Yeah. I, I, I,
2: I don't, but I'm sure I would. At yeah. one
0: point, I think I had a Floyd Kramer CD. Yeah. I'm a yeah. little bit of oh, well, a CD?
2: Sure vinyl. It was
0: a, I'm sure it was a v- vinyl. vinyl. It was re-released on CD. Oh. Long after Floyd's <laughs> passing. Right. Um, so, all right. Beatles, but talk about British Invasion real quickly. Just s- some of the other bands that you loved out of that era.
2: Zombies, Kinks, Bo Brummels, Dave Clark Five, uh, Chad and Jeremy. Uh, what is the other duo? Herman's Hermits? Herman's Hermits. Hermits. Peter Noon. Peter Noon, yep. which I became really good friends with because he would do the turtle tours with us. Wow. Right. Wow. So I, you know. I'm into something good. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's really amazing. Actually,
0: they did, like, I'm into something good, the end of the world.
2: He had, like, uh, 11 or 12 number ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This amazing. has been. And he didn't <laughs> write any of them.
0: No, <laughs> no, he stole a lot of them. <laughs> yeah.
2: like, Andy, like, this, is, this, this has, the has been songs, amazing. The
0: end of the world. Like, I guess that was a Skeeter Davis.
2: Yes, it was. Don't say no. It's the, it's end, the end of the world. world.
0: But then Herman's Hermits did it, the Carpenters did it. That's true. It, it, it's interesting. They all had hits with it.
2: That's right.
0: They all had hits with that
2: song. If Captain Slick had done that, At the end of the we world, might still it be around today. It would have been today. the end of the world. See, the Turtles had a number one hit with It Ain't Me, Babe. No, 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 it ain't me, babe. Mm-hmm. At the same exact time, Johnny Cash had a number one with It Ain't Me, Babe. He did his own version. Same of, song. Same song. That and they Bob both Dylan went number wrote. one. Wow. So at the same time, Turtles had number one. Johnny Cash was number one. With the same song, two different markets. Wow. Wow. Pretty Andy, cool.
0: it is always so fun. I mean, oh. no one's ever counted the number of Eye on the, <laughs> the Desert episodes they've done. <laughs> Andy, has, he says, five. Well, we'll have to have you on again. You better start again, counting
1: the number of episodes here. Yeah. The
0: most famous musician you've never heard of.
2: And if you Google it, it'll come right up.
0: So Google that. Buy his book. If you're a music fan, you're going to love the stories in this book. It is remarkable, and I can say this definitively. Andy is as nice a human being as you're ever going to meet. Buy his book. Because you're going to get some great stories, but he's a genuine guy. Yeah,
1: listen, even if he was an ass, this is a great book to buy. But he's a fantastic guy, so I would buy the. Well, I did buy the book. You that's did. why I have it, Andy. This has been amazing, this and, and is more great. than any other guest we've had. I think Patrick and I would both say we got to have you back on here. I'll do There's it anytime, so much more time. Well,
0: that's the one thing we know about it. I tell you, he'll he'll show up at the opening of an envelope. Andy will come and do this show. <laughs>
2: When uh, is your cooking show Thursdays?
0: I do it Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Usually Wednesdays on... on and what
2: time do you hit the...
0: 5.30. I try to do them. Uh, they're irregular these days. I'm not always around on Wednesdays, but so during the pandemic, I started doing it. This is an online cooking thing I do on Facebook.
2: So your dachshunds are sitting there patiently while you're doing the show? Yes. And waiting,
0: waiting for fallout.
2: <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: Well, I don't have anything
1: to plug. Oh. So... Come on. What do you what, Oh, wait, I'm on a podcast.
0: You're going to be playing golf at... uh...
1: No, I'm going to be going to the U.S. Open. They're not going to let me play this year. Oh, Oh, I'm sure they will. I made kind of a fool of myself last time. Oh, really? At the U.S. Open? U.S. US Open. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Andy, thank you so (laughs) much for for being here.
1: It's a pleasure. Patrick, we did it again.
0: Randy, we have once again filled 45-plus minutes. (laughs) And for
1: anybody that's listening to this... Thank you, but
0: I don't <laughs> I know. I wonder where you're going. I, I with might
1: that. need to talk to you and find out why you're sitting through 45 R- Randy minutes. Andy and I have had so much fun
0: doing oh, these. Boy. And once again, our thanks to Skip, Skip Page at Little Bar for hosting us. And it is always a, a great pleasure to spend time with you, Andy. Oh,
2: I'm honored. I'm honored. You're and, the
1: most famous musician. That I have heard of.
2: Oh, and so congratulations sure. on that new award thing. Oh, the Silverstone. So, thank you. Yes, much. that's yes. The awesome. Longevity Award. Was that the one where everybody voted?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of voting on that.
2: <laughs> yes. There was. So That's so good.
0: So Andy will be our yeah. first guest on Big Conversations, Little Bar After, after dark. dark.
2: Okay. Looking forward to that. Sure.
0: I think we finally found a way to make some dollars on this.
1: Midnight at Little Bar. Do you have
0: pictures, Andy? Can you bring in some pictures?
2: Sure. <laughs> He's got film. Oh, I I have pictures. All right. Okay, such a great time to be rock and roll the podcast. podcast. Rock and roll,
0: and now we have to go. But listen, we'll be back again. We have a lot of great guests coming up in the future here on Big Conversations Little Bar. We appreciate your listenership.
1: Have a great day, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Big Conversations Little Bar. Join Randy and Patrick next time as we keep the conversation going right here on Big Conversations Little Bar.